Thank you for coming this morning, and the Lord bless you. If you have your Bible, Psalm 46, please, Psalm 46. Whenever you're turning there, thank you for praying for us down in Desert Martin. We really appreciate that. Uh, We're going into the fifth week this week, Uh, going to finish off on Friday night. And we've been knowing the Lord's help and the Lord's presence among us. And the Lord has been blessing us. So you continue to pray for us and that we'll know the Lord uh, moving. There's a few folk in Friday night for the first time. Bertie was given a word of testimony. And we had a good good meeting. There was a good sense of the Lord in the meetings. And we are very grateful uh, for that. So you continue to pray on, pray on this week. And we'll let you know how uh, we're getting on. Psalm 46, please. Psalm 46, continuing and starting to read at verse 1, please. Psalm 46 and verse 1. <clears throat> God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will we not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and are troubled, though the mountains shake, with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof make glad the city of God, the holy place, the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord, what desolation he hath made in the earth. He maketh the wars to cease unto the ends of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariots in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen and I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Thank you. Just bow with me one moment and a moment of prayer again, please. Father, we just come again to thy word. And Father, we thank thee for the hymns that we've been singing. And now, Lord, we just come to thee and we ask that thou wilt breathe upon us in this little meeting. And Father, that we'll be conscious that God is here. We pray that you'll take away every distraction. And Lord, in the moments as we read your word and meditate upon it, we pray, Lord, that it will come with power and with clarity to us. And Lord, it will find a resting place in all of our hearts. And so, Father, I come to thee afresh this morning, just an empty vessel with nothing to offer thee. And I pray that thou will fill me again with the Spirit of the living God. And Father, that your word will go forth with authority and with power. Lord, we pray that you'll not allow us to say anything that will bring disrepute to thy name. And Lord, we pray that everything will be said with clarity. And Lord, we ask it in the lovely, precious, and worthy name of thy Son. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We live in a day and in a world of, uh, it seems to be a world of uncertainty, a world of insecurity, trouble, trials, and tragedy. And maybe you're in this meeting this morning and you know all about that. Uncertainty in your home and family and health. Well, I want to encourage you this morning from the Word of God, and I'm glad that we can turn to this book for encouragement. There's not much to encourage the people of God in this world. There's not much to help us and to encourage us and to push us on in this life. But thank God we can turn to the book, this old book, and we can do what David did 
It says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And I want to encourage you this morning in the moments that we have uh, as we go through the meeting this morning. In this world of uncertainty, and our brother has reminded us about Brexit, but I thank God this morning, God is bigger than Brexit. Thank God for that. This Psalm 46 is not known when it was written, but most people will tell you it was a time of King Hezekiah. 701 BC. Hezekiah was a good godly king. But good times can turn to bad times very, very quickly. The king Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came with his mighty army. His men were like the sand of the seashore. And under the hand of that ungodly man, Rabshakai, they came and they devoured nation after nation, city after city. And they made their way down through the northern kingdoms of Israel and surrounded the city of Jerusalem. Here was a group of God's people hemmed in on every side. There was no way out. There was no way up. There seemed to be no answer to the solution. The situation was desperate and it was dire. And just as a wolf would go and stalk its prey, so this mighty Assyrian empire set up camp around the gates of Jerusalem. And all they did was they waited on the people of God to break and to come out. And I wonder this morning in this meeting, is there a mother or a father, a young man or a young boy here this morning? And that's exactly the situation that you may find yourself in. I see there's no way out. There's no way of escape. The enemy is near. The situation is desperate. I can see these people in Jerusalem and behind the great mighty walls. They look out and they see the enemy. They look in and they see the need. But friend, let me say this to you this morning. Thank God they looked up and they saw him. God was there. Now you could be in this meeting this morning and you could be looking out at another week that's going to come. And you could see the enemy just already waiting on you. And you could look in and you could see the need. But friend, let me say this to you this morning. Make sure you look up and see God. The psalmist said this, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord. This first verse of Psalm 46 opens with the word God. God. Seven times you'll find it in the word, this psalm. God. That's a good place to start, isn't it? In the time of trouble. It's the word Elohim. The all-knowing, the all-seeing, the unchanging, the all-sufficient one. God. You know, he's the same God in 2019 as he was in 701 B.C. And dear friend, let me say this to you this morning. The God that was on the throne in Hezekiah's day, thank God he's still on the throne in our day. Thank God for that. You remember the little chorus we often sing, God is still on the throne, and he will remember his own. I tell you, I take great encouragement of that. Now I want to share with you a few moments, in a few moments, 
Four things that the people of God had in Hezekiah's day that we as the people of God have today. Four things that they had that you have as we face the foe, the enemy from without and ourselves from within. The first thing that they had was a refuge. It says here in verse 1 of Psalm 46, God is our refuge. That word refuge there is the word a hiding place. A place of shelter. A place to flee in the time of trouble. A safe haven. That was a hymn you remember when Augustus' top lady was walking through the field. And the dark clouds of the storm were rising and he ran and he hid under the rock and he penned that mighty hymn, Rock of Ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. I say to you this morning in the meeting, take courage. Whoever you are, wherever you are along the road of life, no matter how near the enemy may seem, no matter how fierce he is, Thank God we've got a refuge. And it's not in ourselves. It's not on how much we know or how much we do. But the psalmist said this, God is our refuge. That was the same verse that inspired John Wesley. He was standing one day looking out through his study window. He looked up into the sky and he seen a hawk and it was hovering. And he seen a little unsuspecting sparrow on the ground, unaware of the danger that it was in. The enemy was near. And he saw the hawk that tucked its wings in behind itself and swooped down to take that little sparrow. And the little sparrow just looked up in time and flew out of the way. And again, the hawk that rose high in the sky and waited for its another, another chance to swoop down and to keep, catch the little sparrow. And time and time and time again, that little bird got out of the way. And eventually the hawk went up, it seemed, for one last time. And that little sparrow, what it did was it flew through the window where Wesley was standing and under the lapel of his coat. Wesley took his pen and he wrote that lovely hymn, Jesus, lover of my soul, let me to thy bosom fly. While the near waters roll, while the tempest still is high, hide me, O my Saviour, hide me, till the storms of life are past, safe into the haven, guide me, O receive my soul at last. Other refuge have I none, hangs my helpless soul on thee. Leave, O leave me not alone, still support and comfort me. All my trust on thee is stead. All my hope on thee I bring. Cover my defenseless head. Neath the shadow of thy wing. I tell you, dear friend, that sparrow had a refuge that day. And we as the people of God still have a refuge in our day. God is our refuge. I tell you, dear friends, he is our refuge. I'm sure you can look back through your diary over the last days and months and years and you could say he was our refuge. You look back to the storms that you've come through. 
And many of you here know more about them than what I do. And you're here this morning and God has protected you and he's kept you safe. And you can say God was my refuge. It's good to be able to say he is our refuge even this morning. You remember whenever Moses penned in Deuteronomy 33 that the eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. I tell you, dear friends, us mighty, to know that the eternal God, the everlasting one, I tell you, is our refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. He's able to bear you. He's able to carry you. You remember what the psalmist said, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. But not only is he a refuge, I tell you, dear friends, it says that he's our refuge and strength. You could have a hiding place in the day of trouble. You could have somewhere to flee when the enemy comes but it wouldn't be able to support you in the very day that you needed it the most. But I say to you this morning, dear child of God, we have a refuge and it's a strong refuge. God is our refuge and our strength. That word's the word a mighty refuge. That's where Luther, the great reformer, whenever he was heading down to face the Pope and they were going to excommunicate him from the Catholic Church, He took his pen and he penned a mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing, our help amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. A mighty refuge. Somewhere to hide, somewhere to flee. I tell you, dear friend, this morning, that encourages my heart that no matter what the trial, no matter what the storm, no matter what the situation may be, God is our refuge. And our strength. You've heard it quoted many times in this pulpit. Jude, verse 24. Now unto him who is able to keep you. I thank God for that. Underneath are the everlasting arm. You may not be aware of it this morning. And you may be in the heat of the battle and may not be conscious that God is near you at all. But let me say this to you this morning, that the the arms of omnipotence are wrapped around you. God is our refuge and our strength. You know, it's interesting at times whenever God is described as a rock, God is our rock. He's a rock that's unmovable. He's a rock that's unbreakable. And he's a rock that's unchangeable. I tell you, dear friends, I like that. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in the trials and the storms that he's protected you before, friends, what he's done before, he can do it again. And the same one that protected the people of God in Hezekiah's day can protect us in our day. God is our refuge. But then the psalmist went on in verse 1 and he said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I wonder, have you ever been in need? And the person that you needed the most, you couldn't get hold of them. And you maybe tried to ring them on your phone, 
You maybe even tried to go to their home, but you couldn't find them in the day that you needed them the most. They weren't, they weren't there. Well, that'll never be the situation with God. Because it says God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. That's the word. He's easy to find. He's easy to lay hold of. There's a lovely little picture in Hosea, Hosea 14, about God. God described himself and said these words, I am like a fir tree. Now, we wouldn't describe God like that, but he did. And there's two things about a fir tree that should encourage your hearts this morning. First of all, a fir tree is evergreen, is unchanging. But another thing about a fir tree is the bottom row of branches on a fir tree, they bend low. They bend low to the ground. You know what that tells me? He's easy to lay hold of. And in the time of need and difficulty and in trial and tribulation, friend, let me say this to you. Thank God not only do we have a refuge and a strong refuge, but we have a refuge who's easy to lay hold of. He's a very present help in trouble. That word trouble there is the word distress. Strong translates it as being put into a tight corner. I wonder, is that where you are this morning? You're in a tight corner. There seems to be no way out. All hope is gone. The situation's got out of control. It's getting worse and worse and worse. And no one else knows anything about it. And you're backed into a corner this morning. I tell you, dear friend, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the tight corners. In the tight corner. He says he's a very present help. That's the word to aid, to draw alongside. I tell you, you remember whenever the Lord Jesus was walking as a man among men, there was that Syrophoenician woman came to him. Her daughter was possessed with a devil. And this is what she said to the Lord. Lord, help me. I wonder, is that somebody's cry in this meeting this morning? You would long for help. But let me say this to you this morning. God is a very present help in the time of trouble. Not only does he hide us, and not only does he help us. Friend, let me say this to you this morning. Thank God he hears us. The ear of the Lord is open. Onto the cry of the righteous. And he's a very present help in the time of trouble. If you cast your eye to the end of verse 7, you'll find that little phrase again, the God of Jacob is our refuge. Verse 11, it says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And let me say this to you this morning on the way past. These two words here, refuge in verse 7 and the refuge in verse 11, is a totally different word than the refuge in verse 1. The word refuge in verse 1 just means a hiding place. 
a place of shelter, a safe haven, somewhere to flee. But the word refuge in verse 7 and verse 11 is not only a hiding place, it's a high place. The name of the Lord is a tower, a high tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Now let me say something to you. Bertie will know a bit about this as well. You'll find people, and this is what they'll say, I'm in a situation and we can do nothing else but talk about it. When we're at the dinner table or breakfast table, we, we can't get away from it. It's always there. Friend, let me say this to you this morning. God is a refuge, a high place, and he can lift you above your circumstances. We sing it, don't we? And we just apply it to the gospel. From sinking sand, he lifted me. With tender hand, he lifted me. From shades of night to the plains of light. Oh, bless his name. He lifted me. But friend, let me say this to you this morning. He can lift you every day because he is a high tower. And the righteous runneth unto and is safe. I haven't got time to go into them this morning, but you cast your eye at verse 2 there, and you'll find that little word, therefore. Therefore. Because God is our refuge, because he's a strong refuge, because he's a refuge that's near in the time of trouble, therefore will not we fear. There's no need to fear. We will not fear though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and are troubled, therefore, or though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, we will not fear. I tell you this morning, dear child of God, the days whenever the mountains are moved into the depths of the sea, the day whenever the earth is removed, the day whenever the waters roar and are troubled, it's a bad day. It'll be a bad day. And yet the psalmist said, we will not fear, though. And whatever situation you're in this morning, whatever tight corner you find yourself in, and you feel yourself hemmed and hedged in on every side, oh, friend, let me say this to you this morning. Therefore, we will not fear. Why? Because God is still a refuge, a very present help in the time of trouble. Sometime whenever you go home, read Psalm 42. I've been meditating on it this last few weeks. It was there when the psalmist, he said, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope. Thou in God, I tell you, dear friends, this morning, there's still hope. There's still hope. Because the God of Hezekiah's day is still the God of our day. And he was a God of refuge in their day. And he's still the God of a refuge in our day. He's a refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. But not only do the people of God have a refuge. The people of God have got a river. It says there in verse 4. There is a river. 
The streams thereof make glad the city of God, the holy place, the tabernacles of the Most High. You see, King Hezekiah, he knew that Jerusalem was the only city that wasn't built beside a river. Every other ancient city was built on a river. Because in eastern days, the greatest fear that men and women had was whenever the enemy come, that supply would be cut off. And Jerusalem didn't have a city or a river. It still doesn't have a river. And what Hezekiah, King Hezekiah did, he went to the Gion Springs, 1,500 feet outside the city walls, and he covered it over. And he got men to chisel and cut their way through solid rock. You'll be able to see it if you ever go to Palestine or the land of Israel. It's called their Hezekiah's Tunnel. And what he did was he brought the water from the Gion Springs under the city walls and he brought it into the Pool of Siloam. And whenever the enemy came and they couldn't understand how the people of God were surviving so long because they couldn't see a river, They see no source of water, but they had made Hezekiah's tunnel right underneath the walls of Jerusalem. And they were supplied with fresh flowing water all of the day. You know, dear friends, this morning we're not looking for a physical river. We're not looking for a physical geographic location where there's water flowing this morning. But let me say this to you. You remember the Lord Jesus said that they that believe in me out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And you'll know what water speaks of in the Bible. It speaks of the Holy Spirit. And there's a place of refreshment. There's a place of resources. There's a river that flows from deep within. The Holy Spirit, whenever we surrender and yield to him, he will spring on up, up within us like a spring of living water. I say to you this morning, dear child in the meeting, the enemy may be near and you may be besieged in, but thank God there's a fresh supply every moment of the believer's days. There's a river. The streams are off. Oh, let me hit it now. They make glad. And our brother mentioned it in opening this morning. Whenever you go into the hospital ward or into the workplace or into the home and the trials are there, there's a stream that comes from God above and it can give us joy in the midst of the battle. It can give us that fresh encouragement, that refreshing touch of the Master's hand. In the time of drought and barrenness, thank God there's a river. It says the streams are off make glad the city of God. Spurgeon said there's their stream of goodness. I say to you this morning, whoever you are, take your beaker and draw out of this stream of God's goodness. He's been good to you. He's been good to me. I tell you, dear friends, there's a stream of God's goodness. Take your beaker, your beaker in the, the heat of the battle and throw it into the stream of God's love and draw and drink to your soul is satisfied. 
Take your baker and dip it into the river of mercy, the rivers of grace, the river of peace. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, I thank God that there's a river. That tells me that there's enough to meet the need. There's enough to meet the need. I don't know what your need is this morning. I don't know where you are along the road of life. But I thank God this morning that we've got a refuge who not only knows the need. Oh, let me hit it this morning. But thank God he can meet the need. There is a river. The streams thereof make glad. The city of God. I tell you, dear friends, this morning, that ought to encourage your heart. Well, not only have we got a refuge and not only have we got a river, friend, let me say it very quickly, we've got a place to rest. A rest. Cast your eye down to verse 8. It says, Come behold the works of the Lord, what desolation he hath made in the earth. He maketh the wars to cease unto the ends of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. I tell you, you'll know what happens whenever there's no more bow and there's no more spear. You know what you'll get? You'll get peace. Peace. I say it this morning that the world peace is not resting on the shoulders of Donald Trump. And they're not resting on the shoulders of the G8. But I say to you this morning, there's coming a day, oh, a blessed day, a day of peace. And it all depends upon one man. He's called the Prince of Peace. But I say to you this morning, dear friend, whenever Hezekiah was hemmed in, And just outside the city gates, there was 185,000 men just looking to slaughter them. Just looking to put them to death. You know what happened? God in one night sent one angel and slew every single one of them. 185,000 men were slain at the hand of God in one night. Now let me say this to you this morning. The God who dealt with the enemy in Hezekiah's day can still still deal with the enemy in our day. You remember it was the bow, that's the long-range weapon. It speaks to me of the fiery darts of the wicked one. Whenever the doubts and the accusations flutter mine, the scars of things that we did whenever we were out in the world, Things that we said and places where we went and the guilt and the fear and the doubt comes. Oh, thank God. It's the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, that cleanses us from all of our sin. And we can say we hear the accuser roar of ills that we have done. Oh, I know them well and thousands more. Thank God Jehovah findeth none. He can deal with the bow. And he can deal with the spear. That speaks to me not only of darts, but of doubts. <laughs> wonder is anybody here and you know all about the doubts. What will happen to the family? What will happen to my wife? What will happen to me? What will happen to my children? What will happen to my work? What will happen to my home? Ah, it says here that he breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. And he can deal, he can deal with the enemy. 
And then it says in verse 10, he says, Be still and know that I am God. I tell you, that's the word to take your hands off it. Lift your hands away from the situation. We always like to step in, don't we, whenever we're in a tight corner. We always like to be doing and try to work it out ourselves. And here's a word from God to some soul in the meeting this morning. Take your hands off it, man, and let God alone. Be still and know. There's some things we don't know. There's some things we'll never know. But here's one thing that you can know. Be still and know that I am God. I can see them that morning as they stand and they look out over the the walls of Jerusalem and the enemy was there the night before. They were there, 185,000 of them, ready to invade, ready to kill, ready to slaughter. And they look out in the morning and God has taken the field. And he had dealt with the enemy. I tell you, it was all because that they were still. And they knew that he was God. Come behold the works of the Lord. I tell you the greatest battle that ever happened in this world, friends, was the day whenever our Savior climbed the side of Mount Calvary. Whenever he was stripped of all his raiment and crowned with thorns and nailed to an old Roman cross, I tell you it was that day that he defeated the powers of the enemy. It was that day that he destroyed the works of the devil. It was that day that he could buy and redeem the souls of men and women. Come behold the works of the Lord. And whatever he did that day, he done it well, didn't he? That's the reason why we're here this morning. Come behold the works of the Lord. Finally, not only did the people of God have a refuge, and not only did they have a river and they had a respite, let me say as a close, they had reassurance. It says there in verse 7, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. You'll get it again in verse 11. The Lord of hosts is with us. I say to you this morning in the trial and the storm and the heat of the battle, don't only look out and see the enemy. Don't only look in and see the need, but all look up and see the Lord. It says the Lord of hosts is with us. Paul said that he's at our very elbow. You remember whenever the three Hebrew children were in the fire. It was the hottest fire the world has ever known, seven times hotter than ever. And yet whenever they were in the midst of the furnace, one like unto the Son of Man, it says in the midst. In the midst. Whenever the disciples were in the upper room and the windows shut and the doors were barred because of fear of the Jews, you know what happened? Then stood Jesus in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. There's coming a day, there's coming a day whenever we will enter the pearly gates of heaven and you know what we'll see? Lo, in the midst of the throne stood a lamb as he had been slain. That encourages my heart again whenever it says where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. The Lord of hosts is with us. Not only is he near us, 
And not only is he with us, but oh, Paul said this, Christ in us, the hope of glory, in us. And then he went on and he said in verse 5, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her. And that, right early. I say to you this morning as I close, the enemy is near and you're in a tight corner. There's no way out. You've got a refuge. A very present help in trouble. You've got a river. The streams are off, make glad. The city of God. You can have a rest. You can be still and know that I am God. Here's a wee reassurance for you. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her. And that right early. Whenever Wesley was dying, the last words that he uttered were these. Best of all, God is with us. I say to you, you can go out through those doors this morning, face another week of woe and trial, tribulation, storm, affliction. Say, best of all, God is with us. Let us pray. Father, we just bow again at the end of another meeting. Father, we just thank thee this morning that we have got a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We thank thee that the righteous can run into thee as a high tower and there we find a place of safety. We thank thee that we can draw from the wells of salvation the streams of joy and the streams of peace the streams of mercy, grace, and forgiveness. And there we can find refreshment for our soul. Thank God there's a place of rest where we can be still and take our hands off the situation and just know with that assurance in our heart that Thou art God. Lord, we thank you for that reassurance to our own soul this morning that the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Lord, we pray for whoever this word has been for this morning. May it only be for one person. We pray, Lord, not only will they look out and see the enemy and look in and see the need, but Lord, they'll lift their heads high and see they're the Savior. As he would say, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Lord, we pray for those that must go. We pray that your hand will be upon them and those of us that gather round the table to remember the greatest work that was ever done. It says there, whenever he was led to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. We pray, Lord, that our remembrance of him will be sweet. We ask it in the Saviour's name. Amen.